And while like that was really awesome just to be, you know, that close to the creative process and the artists themselves, like there was a lot about it that I didn't like just, you know, the politics and and how things really worked and what really seemed to matter. And so oftentimes what mattered the most wasn't the artist. Um, And that's, I didn't really agree with that. And, you know, some of the deal terms are not ideal. And I just felt like I wanted to advocate for the artist more than I wanted to convince them to sign a record deal. NFTs are not just JPEGs. We believe that the sound of tomorrow is being impacted right now. And we brought a music industry expert to talk about it next up on NFT Culture Club. All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode lucky number seven of the NFT Culture Club podcast uh of course i'm always joined by the one and only nft hawk but we got another special guest for episode seven and i'm just gonna hand it off to nft hawk to introduce her yo what's up people thank you guys for coming back welcome to episode seven uh we've been at it consistently getting you guys this content and we're excited to be joined today by one of my best friends kristen mccann hey kristen how you doing I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I feel honored to be a guest on your show. Yes, yes. And you are one of the first. Um, and we're happy to have you. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about... So Kristen works in music. Uh, actually, if you want to just give them like a quick little background of just like um, what you do and what you know, kind of what you've been doing. Of course. Um, so right now, um, I'm a music coordinator at um, a movie trailer shop. Basically, we cut movie trailers, other behind-the-scenes content, uh, but I work in the music department there. Um, if we throw it back a little bit, I actually got my first music industry gig um, in 2012. I was uh, I was an intern at the studio in Harlem. It was actually the studio um, that Just Blaze worked out of. A few other producers, Omen and Frequency. Um, but I was an intern there with the studio manager, and that was kind of like my first step into the industry. Um, mm-hmm. It was an internship, so you know how that goes. Um, but my actual like full time gig in music, I started working at Warner Chapel uh, in 2014. I was an A&R coordinator there, so basically I was in charge of signing new producers, songwriters, artists. Um, and Warner Chapel is a publishing company. Um, and for people who don't know much about like Warner Chapel, like what are like some of the artists like that that, that they do publishing and stuff like that for? Um, some of the main ones that come to mind: uh, Beyonce, Katy Perry, Kendrick Lamar, uh, just to name a few. Um, and so, basically, as their publisher, we administrate and like handle like their licensing for their songs. Um, so there are different kinds of deals, but basically we got a cut to collect their royalties and also pitch them creatively for other projects, um, along uh, with, you know, the paperwork side of it. And so, cause I, I, like a lot of people, I don't know, like in the spaces, you know, you'll see like they're doing like freestyle sessions or like, there's a lot of people who are, you know, trying to get into music and be artists. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of times people don't understand that like there's so many layers uh, that goes into the industry. And I think this is where this would be an interesting conversation of talking about how NFTs might possibly be able to change that. Yeah. So, you know, I I think the main possibility with NFTs is just a way for artists to directly collect their own royalties. Um, they can you can make a song an NFT you can get a percentage of any secondary sales and like that money comes directly to you. Whereas if you have a label partner, a publishing partner, even, you know, PROs, it's, you know, waiting for them to send you a check. Um, And that, you know, depending on your situation, that might not always be consistent. Yeah, most definitely. (laughs) Um, Okay. So yeah, continue on, on your, I guess, so so you're you're working at Warner Chapel now in publishing. Working at Warner Chapel on the publishing side, I was there for about two and a half years, um, and then I went to RCA 
uh, kind of in the same role. And while I was there, um, I was promoted to an A&R scout, but basic, basically the same job. But this time, instead of signing songwriters and producers, we focus on signing artists. Um, and RCA being a major label, it was usually like the bigger artists. Um, like they have Doja Cat, H.E.R., Bryson Tiller. Um, so it's definitely like... Yeah, um, operation. Exactly. Um, and while like that was really awesome just to be, you know, that close to the creative process and the artists themselves, like there was a lot about it that I didn't like just, you know, the politics and, and how things really worked and what really seemed to matter. And so oftentimes what mattered the most wasn't the artist. Um, and that's, I didn't really agree with that. And, you know, some of the deal terms are not ideal. And I just felt like I wanted to advocate for the artist more than I wanted to convince them to sign a record deal. So uh, with that in mind, I kind of made the transition over to music supervision. I worked on the first season of the Wu-Tang show on Hulu. Uh, That was awesome. Uh, Yeah, like it was... It was a totally different side of it, but and who was the guy you're working under that um, that was running that that did the that did the score basically? Question? Oh well, the the show RZA, the showrunner oh, was basically RZA. RZA. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, so so RZA was like very much involved throughout the whole process, um, and I worked with the music supervisor on the show, Stephanie. So that was you know doing everything from organizing studio sessions for the cast to re-record the songs to making playlists for like different moments, different moments in the show that needed um, to have music and anything related to music on the show. I, I worked with that. Um, and then it's shortly so far, after- most, most people don't think these are real jobs, you know, they just they <laughs> love music, but they don't know you can actually, you know, be employed to do this. Yeah, it, it's in, you know, certain parts of it were new to me. You know, usually anytime you see music in a TV show, like a live performance of a song or not live, but in the show, it's live. Uh, before that happens, there's usually a pre-record done at a studio because to have them actually do it in the moment is a lot. And also they need to like hear themselves in their ears. So it's like prep before we actually film and then being on set and making sure that, you know, everyone's on beat and they can hear themselves and it's like transferring well over um, into film. That's a pretty amazing journey. And you, you're just casually dropping big names. So I see how this interview is going to be now. I see how it is. Hollywood. You know, I don't, I don't like to do it, but I feel like, you know, for introduction's sake, but no, that's good. That's good. We got we got some uh, some good uh, background for you to, and now we know why you're here to talk about music uh, with us, um, yes. specifically with NFTs. And I kind of want to ask a little bit more about something you were talking about, um, and how kind of just like how the industry is not like you want it to be more for the artists. So mm-hmm. for people who are not in the industry at all, what are like the major reasons why it's not set up that way now? You mean not set up um, in an to ideal way to be for, for the artists? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, gosh, I'm not sure why it is, but it, it seems to me that you know it's when you business and money. Yeah, it's business and money. And when you partner with anyone, usually, you know, there's always a contract involved. And I think that, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have other things in place, it's hard for the world to see that talent or it's been hard historically. Mm. Um, And now it's getting a lot easier to just do it yourself. Um, because when you have those kinds of partners, you know, they, they take a cut of your earnings, your masters, your, 
you know, they can find all sorts of things to take a cut from because, you know, they give you, they give you a budget. They give you access to, you know, the best directors, the best stylists, the best makeup artists, but it's like all that comes at a price. Um, yeah. and I don't always think that artists fully understand what that price is when they enter into these deals. Um, mm. Cause you're so excited, you know what I mean. Like you, you also want that value. At least I'm speaking, thinking about myself as as like a model and trying and signing a contract and getting signed to an agency. And you know, you just you're so excited about getting in the game mm-hmm. and just being represented and you know, and just being official. And you don't almost sometimes you don't care. You're like fuck it, like yo, whatever. Whatever is you about to start making me some money. You about to change my life. I'll figure out the rest of this later. But then by right. the time you do figure it out and you read the details, it's too late. You've signed away so much, you know? Right, right. You've signed away so much. And, you know, a lot of people think it's kind of like this instant road to success. And it's like, no, it's once you get signed, then the work really starts unless you right. just are coming into it with a huge hit already. Um, but yeah, as soon as you sign, then the real work begins and you kind of have to make people in the building care about you like what do you what's exciting like what music do you have coming like why should we put our energy and resources towards you so it's kind of like signing the deal is just like step one then you have to convince everyone that you you know are really ready to be a star and that can that can take some years sometimes um and you know go ahead I don't want to jump ahead, but I was just going to say, like, 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 just imagine how different energy that is, right? That dynamic of, like, you mm-hmm. know, these bosses trying to, you know, make you make them care before they can divvy out the money, right? For mm-hmm. you to do, for you to grow versus you selling some NFTs and you got, you know, a thousand holders who are excited about mm-hmm. you winning and want you to win because you winning is making them money and you're getting the money right there, like. It's just like completely different dynamics and what the dynamics should be, you know? Yeah, I was just watching uh, the genius, the the genius, um, whatever, on, uh, documentary on Netflix. And that, that part of the documentary when Kanye is, is trying to convince, is it Dame? Is that his name? From Rock Dame, Dame Dash. Dash. Dame Dash to put out, to put out the... To put out uh, college graduation, I was like, "What? This classic album? You didn't want to put it out right away, and you had to convince him." Yep, even Kanye. Confusing. Yeah. Okay. Power, power structures. Power structures in place. Yeah, and that's and you know that I only I've only seen the first part of it, but you know just to see him in the building, you know, playing it for people that they're ignoring him, they start meetings, and it's like. You know, when I was there, that that was rare for someone to just be able to walk into the building that way. Usually you, <laughs> you have yeah. to call a meeting, but that's also because security is different now. But yeah, even somebody like that, he had to work his way through the building, too. OK, uh, and before we dive more into to the NFT side of this, um, do, do you feel like this this kind of dynamic with with. Uh, publishers and record companies does it affect small artists differently than big artists like are they now making nothing because they're they're not really big at all um so i will say like that from the publishing side of things it's kind of corresponding to your income um you know like how much they take like a certain percentage um So, so yeah, so if you're a bigger artist, it's usually a better deal for you because if you, you know, if you're, if you're Beyonce, you can get any type of advance, not that Beyonce needs an advance, but when it's a guarantee that you're going to keep putting out consistent hits, it's much easier to get advances. Whereas if you're like a smaller songwriter who might not have any big hits yet, like you really have to like lobby to get any sort of advance versus like you might not get, you know, royalties right away. A lot of times, you know, songwriters will write a song and an artist at a major label will put it on hold and then they have to wait a year um, for the song to actually come out and make any money. And it's like, if it's a big enough artist, sometimes you can get an advance, but 
a lot of times like it's not and you're kind of just like stuck waiting huh so yeah that's 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 definitely i'm glad you said that because there's that time factor Mm -hmm. um that you have to think about too as an artist as you're doing this okay uh, so I think we have enough to start talking NFTs. And before we even start start to talk about music NFTs, I just want to know, what was your entrance into the NFT space? Was it NFT Hawk, just like me? <laughs> yes, it was, it was NFT Hawk. And I entered the space with somewhat of a bang. Um, I bought my first NFT in December of last year. Um, it was an ape kids club and it was promptly stolen from me as I tried to, uh, <laughs> register in the discord. Oh no. Um, so yeah, it was, it was the classic thing I, I did, you know, I did put in my seed phrase, but in my mind, how else are you going to know it's actually in my wallet? Um, and I also made the wallet like months ago. So I promptly get stolen. We try to get it back. No one cares. Um, but <laughs> in that span of time, I learned a lot. And it kind so of just... <laughs> so much. So much about how the space worked. And and it wouldn't have happened that quickly had I not had kind of gone through a rough patch. Um, 100%. So, so yeah. So that was <laughs> that was my entry. But now, now we're doing better. Now, you know, (laughs) now, now I know better. I do better. Um, Because the same thing happened to John. He just, um, I was able to stop him before he went too far. He he got a DM from Discord. He thought he was minting invisible friends early. He thought he was doing a stealth drop. (laughs) So yeah, word of advice. Remembering that we're on an NFT podcast. Never, ever, 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 ever give up your C phrase for your wallet, but also like turn off your DMs on Discords. Like, don't answer any of those DMs like that because a lot of them are like they're scammers and they're like they'll change their picture to make it seem like they're the account. And if you're yeah. not paying attention closely, you'll think you're messaging the team or something like that. And it's really just a scammer uh, that's trying to, you know, get access to your information. And I will say that the scammers are a lot more talented in Web3. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, no, we take it for granted because we're used to like, get a car insurance quote now. Things that just look stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> for real though. <laughs> but this, you know, their scams look very legit. Like I, I did commit the cardinal sin, but it was very much from Ape Kids Club mail from like a collab yeah. land lookalike site. Like it all looked very legit. But you know what was the most vicious though was the pages that like once we started tweeting about it being stolen and like things like that, there were pages that were reaching mm-hmm. out to her acting like they were going to help her get it back. But yep. trying to scam her some more. Trying wow. to scam me more. Yes. Saying that. Trying to scam her some more. Like, cause that, you know, cause if you think about it, like someone who just got something stolen, now they're looking for someone to help them. So they're willing to pay someone to help them. Like, it's just like vicious. Yep. Super and I was talking vicious. to one of them, like, had a conversation with him and he asked me um, how much I spent for it. And then he gave me a rate, like, based on that. So it was like maybe That's 10 or wild. 15% of what I spent. Like all very, you know, so nice, so polite, but they were definitely Over the phone? ready. No, this was a uh, Twitter DM. Okay, yeah. Twitter. Okay. But imagine you've got an ape stolen and you're trying to get, they're trying to get 10% off. You know what I mean? A $200,000 yeah. asset. They just came up some more, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. All right. Well, trial by fire. Uh, fire. Welcome. It's all good. Welcome. Um, <laughs> are there any projects that you love right now that you want to shout out? Projects I love right now. Um, number. Oh one wait, before, before 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 you do that, I, I continue your journey. Like, okay, Abe's Kid Club got rugged. What happened next? Like, you know what I mean. Your next like uh, cops, or you know what I mean? Because you've been what, in this space uh, for a while now. You've been in this space probably just as long as me at this point. Yeah, maybe like a month or two less. Um, so, so Ape Kids Club didn't work out. 
Um, the next thing I bought was um, An Imp by Super Nifty. Um, yeah. Admittedly, I was trying to make a quick flip because I wanted a crypto coven. Um, none of my quick flips have worked because I'm just... I don't think I'm that person. I'm the person who doesn't want to sell their NFTs. But when I started, that's what I was going to do. So I got a super amp. I also, I minted um, a rug radio. I really wanted to mint something, so I minted a rug. Um, That's Faroque. Faroque, yes. That was was another good lesson because they had a moment where they were pumping. And I decided that it was at 1.8 and I decided that I was going to sell mine for two ETH. And it stopped going up at 1.8. Um, so now so now we're holding that too. <laughs> It'll get back there. It'll get back there. Yeah, you know, I it was it was a lesson learned that if you really want to take profits, you can't just go with an arbitrary number and it could, you know, start going the other way at any moment. Um, and then, um, what else do I have? I have, um, a couple Onajis. Um, it's a, it's a black PFP project. I just thought it was really dope. Um, I saw it was minting, so I grabbed a couple of those. Um, I also have the selection, um, radio show NFT. And I also have some selection gems because I also did a nice. free drop. Um, I think that's it. Um, so, think that's yeah, and I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought up selection because we're going to talk about selection uh, next. But, John, you was about to ask her a question? Uh, yeah, no, I, I was just talking about uh, projects that she loves. So I think that's that's cool. That's covered. Um, but I think crypto crypto coven is, is that's her that's her love. I think that's her favorite. Yeah, no, crypto coven is is my love. Um, I'm you know gonna get one one of these days. Uh, but that's definitely my favorite. I also have a. Uh, and you watched of, it from like when you first saw it. What, what what was it at? When I first saw Crypto Coven, it was point two. Um, point two. And I just and that's literally what I lost with Ape Kids Club, and I was just determined. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna like flip some stuff, and then I'm gonna be able to get this, and it like shot up. Crypto Coven, it was. I don't know how it happened, but it went from like 0.3.4 to like one ETH in a matter of days. And I think at one point it even got up to three ETH. Yeah, on January the 20th. So, you know, you know, I do my numbers. Yes, <laughs> so, there you go. You got the numbers. <laughs> I got the numbers to back it up. Uh, so, yeah, on on January the 16th, 2022 was 0.6. Then that's when the run started to happen. The 18th, 0.88, 120, 1.48. Then one twenty five three e, like that's just yeah. you know what I mean. Like that's just such insane growth. And she saw it at point two, and it's just like you know that's why our new thing is like yo, if you have conviction, you think something is dope, like grab grab it and grab a few of them, you know, because somebody mm-hmm. else might also think it's dope. And like that just became eighteen thousand dollars. I mean, well, not you know nine thousand dollars. Like you know what I mean yeah. from what would have been like a thousand. Um, so yeah, the space is nuts. Um, but now they're back down to one point one. Um, but I, but for me, any project that that does those those kind of numbers, I'm pretty sure they can do them again. You know what I mean? Like, and the community is really great. Yeah, facts. Um, before we switch to selection, I would ask you. I think yeah, I think you're our first female guest on the show. Um, oh, I'm extra honored. Um, but you're only the second guest on the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, we had to start with Ben, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you are the first female guest. How do you feel about um, women representation in the space as well as diversity in the space? Oh, that that is a loaded question. Um, you know, as as with most spaces, there is an issue with the number of women and representation, but I do appreciate that Web3 is talking about it and bringing it to the forefront. Um, but it's almost, from my perspective, it's even been a slippery slope because at one point it became like trendy to just pump any project led by women. And then yeah. while that's great, you should absolutely do that. Like, I just don't think that like, it should be kind of quantified like that. 
Um, so I think it's, it's a constant battle between like making sure that, you know, women and minorities are seen, but not almost like tokenizing them in a way. Um, yeah. Cause it, it becomes a business play, right? It's like, yeah, it becomes right, a there's, business. There's play. only one. Yeah. There's only a few women, women projects. I know these are going to sell out. So I'm going to buy a bunch of these. I was arguing with some guy on Twitter because uh, he was mad about the crypto chick FUD, right? In like mm-hmm. there being a whole situation about, you know, them stealing the art. And it's like, he has like 30 of them, but he's a guy, you know? And I'm like, bro, this project is really about women. Like let them, you know what I mean? Like fight this fight, but you're you're fighting, because he was fighting art chick who obviously has a crypto chick as her avatar and is heavily invested. And she's fighting her own bags because she's trying to be fair to this mm-hmm. female artist you know what i'm yeah. saying and like so i'm like if this woman is doing this and she's invested why are you he's attacking her for bringing it up publicly versus like just trying to keep it a secret and she's just like this is not something that like needs to be a secret this needs to be addressed publicly um but exactly. everyone's trying to protect their bags you know do you have any recommendations of uh women or just uh, people of color in the space to follow or to look out for? Um, right now on my timeline, um, I follow Iman Europe. Uh, she's really dope. She is the head of artist relations at Sound XYZ. Uh, there's Latasha, who is an artist, as well as I think the head of community at Zora. Um, those are the main two off the top of my head. Um, but there aren't there aren't a ton of us in the space. There are many more that I'm I'm not naming, but um, it's definitely room for us to to grow. All right. Well, then I think this is the perfect time to now transition into the main focus of this episode which is to talk about nfts in music right we've been talking essentially about nfts as art overall that's what we've been talking about in all our episodes but mainly from a kind of the the picture like a visual piece of art but now as you've already been hearing we're talking about like the audio art the music uh so yeah, let's just start with Selection and the Selection NFT. Um, Selection is near and dear to my heart. I've been listening to them for at least five years, probably like eight years. Nice. Uh, Kristen, how long have you been on Selection? Uh, I think I discovered Selection. It was like 2013 when I first uh, heard Sango, and that was yeah. most like Sango and Esta and... Like yeah, that whole that whole moment. So it's been a minute. It it meant um it meant a lot to me too. Um, which was why I really wanted to to get their their first NFT just because I feel like, you know, we've watched them go from SoundCloud to Apple Music. Um and yes. that, that's amazing right there. Yeah, so for the people that don't know selection, they're essentially a, a group of DJs, producers, musical artists out of are based out of Los Angeles, but they they have people everywhere really now. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- they started just as like a a couple two hour long radio show. Is that is that their their start? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep, they started as a radio show. Um, yeah, I think on SoundCloud. Uh, I think yeah, that was when they started it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, shout out to the man Joe K, the smooth voice. I always be trying to copy the the smooth voice with Joe K. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so you got you guys you guys both mentioned, which I I loved because like uh, I forgot about it. Like I knew that it was something that like I was like, oh, this would be dope, um, but I didn't keep track. Whereas like I'm texting to both of you randomly, and you're like, oh, I'm trying to mint. <laughs> like both of y'all were like there all day, <laughs> like trying to mint and did copped um uh, john how did you hear about the the or where did you hear about the drop did you guys both hear about it on twitter uh not for me i heard of it on discord i believe um 
because I'm I was in the selection Discord. I've been in there for a while, mm-hmm. and they had I don't. It's not called Space in in Discord, but they had like an audio channel where Joe K was talking to pretty much all of us. Joe K and uh, there there's a few others on the team that I've been working on this kind of like selection Web three NFT space, um, and it was it was the audio talks and I listened to a Twitter space later that really got me into wanting to buy one because I was listening mm-hmm. to how they were talking about it and it was basically the opposite of what you've been saying this whole time Kristen is like now they're providing you know for their artists they're really looking out for the artists in a way that they could never do it before that was and you know obviously being a listener for so long those were the two main reasons why I knew I wanted to buy it no matter if it went up in value or down in value I just knew I wanted to support the project how about you Kristen how'd you hear about it um I want to say maybe it was on Twitter I'm not I was in the space you were in but I heard about it somewhere before that that was either Twitter or maybe like the sound xyz discord um, but somewhere, you know, right, right before it happened, it happened kind of quick too. Um, but like you said, I, I really wanted to support and what they were doing, like it ended up being the first time like on chain that like 18 different people were credited. Like they put the splits up online, like what percentage everybody was going to get. And then it basically goes like instantly to their wallets. Um, whereas, you know, first of all, putting out a radio show as a project is already a challenge enough because just clearances and things like that. But to be able to put it up and get people paid in like literally how fast did it sell out? 30 minutes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, so that's fast. insane. And then shot right up too. Like, what would it, what it became? Point five. How, how much was it, guys? Their NFT? I was point one. Point um, one, yeah. I think the highest I saw was like 0.4, and now I think it's sitting at 0.3. Yeah, I, I still think it'll do well. And I think that was one of my, my the questions I had is like, have you guys heard Joe K talk more about like their plans for the NFT and like things they want to do? Um, I haven't heard concrete things. I feel like they're probably still in the process of building because, um, you know, they did, they have the radio show NFT and they also dropped. Um, a free NFT, which I thought was really dope, you know, just for people who, you know, might not have the ETH or just might not have the knowledge yet to, to really deal with Ethereum like that. They did a whole step-by-step breakdown. They even gave people Matic, um, to be able to pay like the really small gas fees. Um, so I thought that was cool, but I don't actually, I haven't heard about what, what the utility is going to be. Um, yeah. Have you, John? I have not, no, and it's very different from all the other mostly PFP projects, right? That are talking about utility. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, you know, stake and get your coins. Now I'm question. Now I'm questioning y'all. I'm like, was no, was no roadmap or nothing? <laughs> no, I'm saying art is the utility. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, <laughs> music is the utility. Art, I mean, it's for me, I don't really care if it doesn't do anything like sure. I would love like maybe a T-shirt or a free concert ticket. But as much as I've listened to Selection and as much as they've influenced my taste and just like gotten me through some days, like I'm just doing it for the love. Like the art is enough for me, for them. This is not apply to all projects (laughs) for Selection. The art and the music is good enough for me. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah. And I think one, it's like, you guys trust this brand enough, right? So like, you know what? I just want in and I support you guys. It's kind of how I feel about the Nifty Alphas. Like, you know, you guys have taught me so much. I want y'all's NFT just for the value. Um, but I, I feel the same way that y'all feel about selection. I love it. And like, it's gotten me through so much. It's the best music. Like, so yeah, I agree. But I, I do think they're gonna do some stuff. I just don't think they've announced No, I it. I do too. I just I kinda think they don't know what it is yet, but I feel like, you know, they they have their hands in so many different things that it's a matter of just how to integrate this. 
Yeah, I will say one of the things that impressed me most listening into their their talks. One time a guy came on and he was a big fudder of NFTs in general, right? He's mm-hmm. basically like a non-believer and he was saying, you can't be telling people, you know, that uh, everybody's going to get rich from buying this selection NFT. And they essentially agreed. They just just straight up agreed with him and was like, yeah, no, we're we're not trying to come with like a wag me energy, like, yo, everybody get rich with us kind of thing. It is more of a, yo, come support art, come support artists. And that's what we want to do. We want to support artists. Um, so I, that, as I said, that was one of the things that impressed me most. Uh, when it came to how, how I was listening to him talk to this about NFTs, because what I what I was hearing as a as a very new entrant in the space is again all about that utility, all about how it's mm-hmm. going to grow in value, and obviously that's good too. But I think it's it's good for us to kind of show the balance of art really being and supporting artists being like a main mm-hmm. reason to get into NFTs. A thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I'm like it's, it's such a, a weird uh, line too because, and I, and I and I'll tie this even back to like you, Kristen, and, and thinking about like you know crypto covens versus like all right, I want to make some flips because it's like some of us are we're all on the come up too, right? And it's like as much as I want to support artists that I love, like there's a lot of like one of one of artists that I really I think their work is dope, um, and I know that I want to buy. Um, but then it's like, okay, but also I know if I get into this like economic game of the PFP space and things like that, I can make flips and I can double my money or triple my money and like put some, you know what I mean? Put more money in my pocket. So a lot of times it is a bit of a, like a game and, or just trying to manage your finances of like, okay, here, this is a support, but if I come here, I can make some money and maybe support even more but also like improve my life, right? Like we can literally like change our lives a bit by coming up on some of these projects. Um, so that's, that's the only weird thing with the, the business of NFTs. Um, because even like, let's, let's just be honest with selection, right? It's like, we're early in the space and we love, we love selection and we know other people love selection. And once they come into the space, they're going to want one. It's an economic play to buy three of those passes at point three, because later on, they're probably going to be one ETH. You know what I mean? And then now you just was you were just able to turn uh point nine into three ETH. Like that's you know what I mean? Or do you guys think like we should separate the two? No, I think there's there's definitely a balance. Um because yeah, you know, just the art is great, but it is also about, you know, making money to some degree. Um, so I don't yeah, I feel like every project is different and, and some I just, you know, are attached to beyond the making money, but that is definitely a necessary part of the whole space. And then we also got to realize, but the beauty of NFTs is right, that like, we don't just make money alone. Like the bigger sales that are made, it's money back in their pockets too, right? Like exactly. it's almost, yeah, like it's almost more money sometimes because once those things start selling for a two, three ETH, that's a bigger uh, commission or residual than they would have gotten for it at point two or point one. So, you know, honestly, like by, you know, getting involved and playing this game, everybody wins in the NFT space, I think, versus the other way around. No, I agree. No, 100%. I agree with the balance. Um, and NFT Hawk, I know you like your numbers. I got some numbers prepared <laughs> for you. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. I'm ready. All right. So, uh, so the second project that Selection dropped was the Monty Booker project. It's called Colors with a K, um, and the floor price right now is point oh two eight. We could talk about that uh, because the mint price was point oh eight, and so Ooh. I'm super surprised at how low this floor price has become, especially so quickly. But on SoundCloud, this this same track on soundcloud colors has 1.29 million views or plays right so <clears throat> it's it's so, essentially so what it, you just said is like uh, looking at that number you would assume that once 
more of these people who listen to the song or like this song get into the NFT space, that floor price should go up, right? Yeah. Um, but I have a question specifically around music NFTs. Is there something about it being a musical piece versus a PFP or a visual piece that makes it harder for the price to go up like that? Or not just harder, just like different. Have you guys noticed anything with that, with uh, the music NFT space? Uh, you, well, you for me, go, yeah, well, I'll do my my layman's terms. I feel like the, the demand just isn't isn't there yet, the same way that it is uh, for PFP yeah. projects and, and other stuff like that. Um, the demand isn't there just because we're early, and I think that, you know, more and more people are are talking about music NFT. So I think we're just like playing catch up a little bit to PFPs as far as like uh, price points and, and volume, but we're, we're on our way. Yeah, I would agree 1000%. We're early. We're super early. These are like the first music projects being dropped. Um, people know that the, the demand isn't there. So the volume won't be like it, it will be for PFP projects. Um, because there's a lot of people playing that game and trying to flip and just big money being thrown in. So putting money into these music NFTs is kind of just, yeah, you're supporting the artist. I think that's the best part. It's direct, you know, fan to artist support and, and artist to fan like access. And it just cuts all the stuff in the middle out. Yeah, but it's, it's coming, you know what I mean? It's coming and I think it's going to be very beautiful I use this and uh, even let's just a new new example is just like if if you had a bought Doja Cat's NFTs early on, you know, before she blew up, and then then like you just were like so bullish on her because you knew she was gonna be dope and you just supported, you probably would have collected about fifty of them bad boys and like look at her now, you you know yeah. what I mean? Like so, I think it's gonna be really beautiful, you know, and I think it's gonna change a lot and put up money, direct money in people's pockets, which will be dope. Yeah, I I think I think this this has like an even better utility long term. You know, like cause it's really easy to to be like concerts and live thing live experiences with music versus visual, just a visual, you know what I'm saying? Um and that's going to expand to movies too now that I'm thinking about it. Like can you buy a little short movie NFTs, a clip of a movie like it's coming. I mean, you know, uh, Ashton Kutcher and Miller Kunis have Stoner Cats, which is essentially the show that they couldn't get people to give them money for because it's about some cats that smoke weed. And <laughs> they decided to sell NFTs. They raised, I think, $3 million. And now they have a show. And you can only watch the show if you have the NFT. But they got like Chris Rock and Jane Fonda. You know, they got like all these dope people on the show. Um, it's brilliant. And I think me and McKin, we, we just we just minted uh, the gimmicks last night, and that's another show that Mila Kunis's arm is working on, um, and it's just you know as they're starting to create shows, you know, where you buy the NFT, you can see the show. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think we're super early as far as this music. Uh, I know Nas did a drop. I don't know how well that's doing. Um, other ways, other sites, I think with like sound.xyz, other things you've seen as far as like things, music in the space? Yeah, like there are all sorts of, of different platforms popping up. Like even, um, so like sound.xyz, it's more curated. Like they kind of reach out to artists and then artists that have also done a drop with them, they can invite one artist to do it. So it's kind of building a community that way but it's still curated um but then you have other platforms like mint songs um where anyone can put their music up um and they have like zero dollar minting fees they're willing to kind of coach you and walk you through it and like answer any questions and you know make sure you're safe and all that so it's really yeah there are different platforms popping up every day but curated non-curated there are even um producers are making like their stems um so a stem is i guess just one part of the beat like the horns or the piano or the sense or whatever but 
they're using their stems to make NFTs and then pairing them with like visual components. So it's kind of a mix of both. So there's, there's so much stuff happening. It's, it's really, it's a really exciting time. Why might somebody want a, a stem? Like, is, would it just be a person like, you know, me as is like, like it, would it- yeah. Um, well, I think the thought with that was if you get multiple ones, you can kind of create your own unique like beat or sound or sequence or whatever. So you can like put the stems together. So say if a track had like 50 different stems um, and then if you were to buy more than one, like you could put them together and kind of make other derivatives of that original beat. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm gonna throw out an oddball. Uh, we gave we gave her a heads up of what we'll be talking about, but I'm gonna just ask this question: um, If you were to find this artist that you loved, um, and they were just like, "Hey, you know, um, I want to get into the NFT space and like, you know what I mean, start to promote my music," what kind of tips might you give that person? Like, what would you tell them to do? From just from like, you know, your understanding of the industry. And your understanding of the NFT space, like, what would you think would be, like, you know, a good a good plan of action for them, even if it's like not something that they can execute right now, but just like, yo, this this would be a good plan to set yourself up for success. Uh, I think the first thing I would tell them is to just kind of get a general knowledge of what NFTs are, like how the blockchain works, like what you're actually becoming a part of. Um, and definitely like safety, avoiding scams, like how to keep your assets safe. Like I would definitely suggest that they get a base knowledge of the space first, um, before, you know, trying to mint and, or create their own NFT. Um, and then once they kind of have an understanding of the space, then they can see which platform makes more sense for what they're doing. Um, I would also say that, you know, copyright and all sorts of legal things are still being figured out within the space. Like it's kind of a question mark right now, but you know, things will be more concrete soon. So with that thought in mind, I would say that like, make sure that like you own the master recording of what you're putting up. Um, or if you don't, you, or if you don't, you have like permission of the other parties involved. Um, and then, and other than that, I would just, you know, tell them that it's, it's not really a tool to, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not really a tool to, to get rich quick right away, but it's, it's a way to build a connection with your fans and people who want to support you when you just like need some studio time or need to pay your rent. Um, and nice. you can, you know, just you can essentially create the relationship that, you know, you want to have with your fan base. Mm. Yeah. 1000. All right. I want to ask about the future. Okay. So Mm -hmm. you you said that there's some question marks kind of still in, in the space. Now let's just imagine that you answered all those question marks to the, to the best possible, like the best possible future of music NFTs for the artists, right? Because that's kind of the perspective we came, we've been coming from uh, from the beginning. What do you think that is? What do you think that is that that bright future of NFTs um, and where uh, artists can really benefit? And then also, I'd be curious what role you would want to play in this bright new future for music NFTs. Okay. Um, so I think in, in the brightest possible future, uh, Web3 is able to continue and grow as kind of its own, own thing. Like, I don't want or I wouldn't like it if, you know, these same companies and entities kind of get their claws into web three, two. And, you know, cause even now like Spotify is trying to hire someone who knows about, you know, NFTs and, and web three and all that. And I'm just kind of leery of that. I'm leery of like bigger companies coming in before, you know, artists can really 
pave a better way for themselves. Um, but in a perfect world, it would, they would have the space to do that and everything would be on chain. Like the splits, who's getting paid for what, and just like introduce a level of transparency that's not really there because, you know, these, these contracts that are being signed, they aren't really floating around on the internet. Um, so just just to have that level of transparency and fairness and, you know, not, yeah, not letting the politics of, of Web2 leak in. Um, and as far as the role that I would like to play in that, um, at the moment, like, I just want, I just want to get the word out there. I just want to tell as many people as I can about this or just to give them enough to to spark an interest to do their own research and, and figure out that this is like a legit real thing. Um, but yeah, I would, I would love to do like artist relations. I would love to be in charge of, of, you know, who to host on our platform next or what our next drop is going to be. Um, cause before anything else, like I, I'm just an artist advocate. Um, and I just have so much respect for, creatives and musicians in particular because it's it's a lot to you know write a song perform it and just put it out there for the world and they do it all the time and I think for doing that they should be protected more than they are um so yeah so I just want to do that and I don't really have like an agenda (laughs) yeah I love it. I mean, the, the part that you mentioned about being on chain, like that would just be so insane, right? To be able to just see these breakdowns, like, boom, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I bought this song, I minted it, you know, or whatever. And then this much is going here to this account, this much, like, yeah, we don't get to see those numbers and those splits and like, you know, who's getting paid, what and how much. And people don't want that. They like, you know, I guess that's secrecy, but that transparency will be beautiful for everyone, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the transparency, I feel like, will kind of shift some of the wealth around. Because um, yeah. right now, like, the rich get richer because they know. And it's like, if everyone knows that, that gives us all a shot. Facts. Amazing. Facts. Well, one thing that I want to share with you all is this random dream I've always had to produce music and I don't really even want to be like a beat producer although I have done that you know I got some skills on the keys hey, let's go. okay don't let them don't let them tell you different <laughs> um, but I've always want I don't know why I've just like yeah I want to have like this music label and help artists produce music and pick artists and things like that and now that's that's literally a possibility. I was texting Tradell, Kristen, mm-hmm. that we could make a record label, essentially, with, with the technology that's available now. We could. We could. Yeah. We could very well do that. Like, you can have a record label and essentially run it on ETH. <laughs> yeah. Right. So isn't that what Snoop Dogg just did with, with Death Row? Is it now a Web3 label or something like that? You know... I'm not. Sh- I did. I feel like I read that headline, um, yeah. but I do know he did. He dropped like a death row mix. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, it was a mix. It was a mix, but no, that that sounds right. I feel like he he did say that he wanted it to be a Web three label. So hopefully he signs some of the talent that's already like doing their thing in Web three. Yeah. Cool, no. cool. Well, you heard it here first. NFT Culture <laughs> Club uh, record label starting soon. <laughs> but you know what? Something that would be something like because we all of these kind of like we and that's what's um, just generally doing the episode. I was excited about because um, it's just like I love music so much and like even so. Me and Chris lived in New York together. She's only been here in LA for a few, almost just like a little over a year oh. now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like she would take me to shows, and I mean, she's taking she just took me to a show here actually in LA. But it's just like we just love listening to music, and John, we've been to festivals together. Like it's something that makes us all very happy, and I think it'll just be dope to do anything or play any kind of role where we can like 
help other you know help artists out and help you know you know give away money and get them what they need to to you know do their shows like we would love to like host nft culture club events and have you know people perform and have people dj and like that's just kind of our vibe and like the things that we enjoy doing so i think we're all excited about the possibilities that's about to come with this web3 space and just creating 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 yes like the the sky is literally the limit right now um people are creating everything with web3 and and i'm excited i'm here for it yeah facts okay so the next question oh, okay I, I got another one and you were prepped on this one a little bit so what artist would you love to work with in the nfc space that you just got to have your pick of any artist like all right this because i think about that right i'm like for so i'll just i'll go first like i'm like okay if i were to work on like somebody's nft project like it would have to be like baby keem or like travis <laughs> scott you know what i mean somebody who yeah. like i love their music so much that nah i'm down to be in the discords talking to fans organizing this promoting like I'm literally down to run an NFT for Baby King. Let's just let that be known. Baby King, Travis Scott, Kendrick Lamar, Jay-Z, any of the GOATs. Um, NFT Hawk loves ETH on Twitter. <laughs> GOATs little, only. Goats right, and Little Baby. Because my Little Baby is the only one other than Hope, because Hope has a crypto pump, and Hope was early. Um, so obviously, you know, Hope. Um, I don't know why I've left out the sixth guy. Drake, of course. But little baby is the only one that's in this space actively. And if y'all should check out his wallet, he's got like he's got a pretty sick wallet. He's got some smiles, big topian. He's got an ape. Like little baby's not playing, bro. Like he's not playing. Oh, but so then the question is for you. <laughs> well, I feel like you know you <laughs> you just took all the ghosts off the table. No, you can, uh, you can, you can, you can double dip. You can double dip. I don't, I, me knowing you, I don't know that you would pick any of those. Um, actually, I was thinking like, what artist would I want to work on an NFT for? And I would say Amine. Um, I right. feel like he is like the right combination of like weird and cool and just open minded enough to come up with some really dope shit. That's a good pick too. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I agree with the kind of like the weird vibe. It would be good in Web three. I think. Okay. What yeah. about you? What about you, John? Yo, honestly, I want to work with Selection. Hey. I just like I like the vibe that they're they're going with and how they're doing it. Um, if I was in LA, I would reach out. But um, I'm I'm in the Selection Plus chat. Are you in the Selection Plus chat, Kristen? Yep, I'm in the Selection Plus chat. Yeah. So there's not really too much happening there but um it seems like a cool you know cool community of people and i'm it's like one of the only ones that i'm kind of following yeah no i would i would love to be a, a part of that as well um maybe i will say what's up since we're neighbors yeah, yeah. you're already out there well, hopefully they have some hopefully they have some events soon well, I, I think you kind of covered the next question a little bit when I asked you about, you know, um, guiding an artist through, but just maybe in general, maybe not even NFT space, but what advice do you have for artists? Um, that as much as, you know, I have gone on and on about Web3 and how great and awesome it is, like definitely uh, still get your bags from Web2 and, you know, register with the PRO and do all of those things. But this, I just want to emphasize, is like an additional stream of income. Like, I, I don't think that, you know, you should just pick everything up and move it over to Web3, but you can definitely exist in both worlds um, and maximize the benefit for yourself. Thanks. And then the, the last question is just uh, any advice for people coming into the NFT world? Ha, do your own research. Don't uh, <laughs> yeah. don't learn by doing as I did. Uh, if you if you want to purchase a project, hang out in the Discord if it's open. You know, get get a feel for the community and and <laughs> and do more research aside from just picking. I want this one, and you know. Um, but yeah, definitely. You know, do your research and and find. The community that resonates with you like there are so many communities out there that i i feel like there's there's something for everyone amazing nice. all right 
Um, well, that is all of our questions. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to talk about on the NFT Culture Club while you're here? Oh, while I'm here, I just want to say thank you guys again for having me. This is my first podcast. Um, hey, <laughs> so hopefully you don't have yeah. to edit too much. <laughs> no, uh, but great. yeah, no, this was, this was dope. Um, and I can't wait to come back. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for jumping on and being our resident expert in the music space, bringing all that knowledge. Um, and I'm looking forward to the music label. I don't know about you, NFT Hawk. Yeah, yeah man. I'm, I'm looking forward to us throwing some events. That's what I want to do, bro. I want us to throw some events, you know what I mean? And like have some DJs, have live music, have people come out. Like that's going to be fire. And then, you know, from there, We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The sky is the limit. All right. Sky is the limit. Perfect. That is episode seven. Thanks episode again. Episode seven. And Thank you, guys. See you on the next Thank one. you, Kristen. Of course. Yeah, thank you again, guys, for tuning in to NFT Culture Club. It's been a pleasure. We'll be back again with the next episode soon. And always remember, Club, this is not financial advice. We're just two NFT learners sharing our journey with you all but if we've helped you out make sure you let us know like comment and subscribe to the nft culture club podcast see you in the next episode